new beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram and very happy today to be able to present the second part of our Dream Sequence podcast. If you are unaware, unfamiliar, the last episode uh, we did was the first part of the Dream Sequence podcast. Uh, and this is the second part. So this is an opportunity we have or we get to essentially compile some of the some of the dreams of 2017 and put them all together in one area with some music attached to it. And hopefully, it, you know, it's something that you guys will enjoy. Um, happy holidays and happy new year to everybody as well. Before we continue, I hope uh, it was good for you guys. I hope it was a great time. I hope you got to spend it with family. And you know what, if it wasn't a great time for you, uh, if it was a something very emotional or sad that you didn't really enjoy too much, then hey, guess what? We've moved on. We're in 2018. And hopefully this new year will bring a lot of joy and happiness to you. So, oh, one more thing I wanted to talk about or bring up is Joshua Black will be at the Chilliwack Cultural Center, which is in British Columbia. And he is doing a talk. He's presenting there all day. It's going to be a really good time if you're in the area around there. Definitely check him out. You can go to griefdreams.ca for more information or uh, just look up Joshua Black or Grief Dreams. Uh, join the group and you can find out more information. Uh, Jade, uh, Jade Carling Black will also be speaking at that uh, conference, if you will. And she'll be talking about grief and love. So pretty good uh, dynamic duo over there. One more thing I wanted to talk about is just give a big shout out to all the listeners. Again, we really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to us, listen to our guests and you know, I hope uh, you're getting uh, as much out of it as uh, we are. And, you know, without further ado, let's get into the first dream sequence. So in this first dream, we have Ashley Ann Pereira. And she is going to share with us her lovely dream that she had. This is from episode 21. So if you haven't heard that one, check it out. All right, so moving forward now, have you ever had a dream of anyone that you've lost? Uh, yep. I, I've had a few. Um, when my co- after my cousin passed away, I had some dreams where I, like he was just kind of in them, but it was nothing, anything intimate. After when my grandfather passed away, I had a dream with him, but I feel like the most, I can't remember exactly when it happened, but it was a dream with my grandmother. And it it was so interesting because it it happened in a span of like, I think 30 minutes where I kind of like dozed off and I fell asleep and I was up in half an hour and I had, you know, texted someone saying, I think I texted my boyfriend saying, oh my God, I just had the best dream ever. And it was with my grandmother and it was essentially, I was almost like in a counseling session with someone and I can't even remember what we were talking about, but we, she came over and she hugged me and um, she hugged me so tight that it just ended up being my grandmother and then we just kind of were talking and we talked about you know what she wanted to eat and that's how simple it was but it was how real it felt and I just woke up. It sounds like a beautiful dream and what was the feeling when you woke up? My feeling was that it felt it felt so real and I felt so I don't know if comfortable is the word but I was just, I felt so happy that I it was like that I was able to see her, but I feel like it was, it was, I felt almost in control of the dream. That's how I kind of, and I had to like look it up and, um, 
I feel like what I found was it was a little bit of a form of like lucid dreaming, um, but I just, it felt so real. Now we have Manuel sharing his dream about his deceased brother, Jamie. Uh, Check out episode 22 to hear more about Manuel's story. So my question to you is, have you had any any other dreams other than the one that you posted? Yes, so the the first dream I ever had of him. Okay, so the other dreams that have occurred after that, before I tell you the first dream, the reason I think I've had bad dreams is because I realize he's dead and I'm a very conscious dreamer. I dream almost in the same place all the time. Like it's like a little town, I call it. Because I can map it out in my head. So I'm a very, very conscious dreamer. I can almost control a lot of my dreams. So when I see him now, I know he's passed away and I tell him, you're, you're not here. And then it all goes to crap because <laughs> my self-conscious kind of breaks it down like he's dead and then that image comes in and then I try to resuscitate him most of the time. But the okay. first dream, the so, first so dream. So that I was had the him. dream that you posted on this on the on on the website was that you were giving him CPR and you couldn't revive him. Well, we were talking on the couch. He came and we were having a conversation about. And we were playing video games. I remember being very excited to be playing with him. Like I'm sitting there, like yeah, like you know, no. It, it wasn't like I had come. Like I was like, oh, Jay, you know, we're sitting there, we're having fun, and chuckling. And I looked at him, and I really looked at him, and I was like, you're you're dead, man. And when I. I said that, he kind of looked at me and his eyes kind of went pale back and he fell into the couch and started gasping for air. And I jumped on him and was just like, like no, like almost like I felt guilty. Like, no, I didn't mean it, like, leave. But I was just, I remember feeling his breath. I remember feeling the stubble of his hair on his chin against me when I was pushing on his chest. Like, it was a very intense, scary dream. And I think I was, I, there was blood coming out, like, from the, from, from what I supposed to be a gunshot wound. I don't know. It was a very intense dream. It was something that I, that's why I, lo- I searched for something and I found the creatures when I when I spoke about it, and you gave me the connection because I needed to under I know I understand myself in a, in a sense that emotion where I could make the connection of why I went there, but I wanted to understand a little bit more into depth, and that's why I wanted to see if other people have dreams like this and and what it really means, right? Because I'd like to to be a little bit knowledgeable on what it is that I'm going through because it it makes things easier just for myself. And you know what? I I, I do sum that up to my conscious knowing that it, that I kind of accepted that he has passed away. And my dreams now, and they've, they've come subtle now. They're not, they're never like that anymore because I tend not to say, you know, you pass away. I just kind of enjoy my time with Jamie while he's there. But the first dream I ever had of Jamie was after he passed away, not too long after the funeral. I was, I was walking through a marketplace where I could only assume it's probably like Guatemala in my subconscious. And I remember walking through there and, and I'm just looking around, you know, in this little town and I got a tap on the shoulder and I turn around with my brother. And same thing, he looks younger. He looks like the North Town Jamie, like the one you do. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, so very, very happy. And he was wearing a jersey and shorts, and he was playing basketball, and he had his mushroom cut, and he had a smile on his face. He's like, he's like, <laughs> and he's just looking at me, and he's like, yo, I'm good, man. He's like, I'm good. And I was like, James, and I started crying, you know. Staring. He's like, I'm good. My daughter's like, I'm, I'm all right. He's like, and, and I just and I just woke up crying. I was just like, that was the first, first dream I had of him ever, in a sense, where he spoke to me in a direct fashion, where it was, where I could I could believe it was him, whether I believe it because you know you have that that separate of is it self is it God is it my self conscious is it what is it you know, but yes. I like to believe it's him because it was such a, a feeling of oh my God you know and and I felt it you know that's my brother you know your brother right he and that that tap on the shoulder you know that turn around and smile and it's almost like he was gold and shiny like I just saw him there and I was like oh man like I miss you so much like it just. Yeah. Yeah, and it just yeah, you know, and, and that that kind of just put me off. I haven't had 
I guess recent years and if I had they we were just kind of hanging out like it was like he was yeah. there but it wasn't yeah. a direct like I acknowledge but not like so profound like that like that exactly. first one almost like and a protector like, yeah and you know what, what, head, like, and people always say that exact same thing that you say like I don't know if it was him if it was God or, or whatever but like I know my brother and I know the feeling and it's like this comes up so much and, and, and we always tell people like whatever you believe it to be is like that's what we're sticking with like we don't challenge any of that because it's like you know we don't know what you need and and what you feel in your heart when you have that dream and how you feel when you wake up if you feel comforted or you know what I mean it help it can help people so much in like moving forward and understanding too that I may I may be going through a lot of pain here like in my social experience here but they're okay they're okay Thank you, Manuel Manolo, for sharing that dream. Uh, It takes a lot of courage for anybody to share their story or their dream, especially on a podcast. So thanks for that. Here is Megan Brain from episode 24, recounting a dream she had of her mother. Um, I just love the images that Megan uses to describe her dream. So yeah, hope you enjoy. Um, so we wanted to ask, actually, have you ever had a dream about your mother after she passed? Yeah, it, I was trying to remember, or I remember in other podcasts you said, because I couldn't remember exactly right after she passed. And then I was thinking, well, what would I, I think you said, what dream would you wish to have? And I was contemplating that and I was like, oh, well, I'll tell him that I wish I had a dream where my mom and my daughter got to meet um, because they never got to really exist at the same time. Like I was taking care of her and wasn't married. So that was sort of the tragedy. It's almost like my mom passing on in a weird way. It did allow me to finally kind of grow up. Like I was able to then get married and and have a family because uh, my father and I weren't taking care of her anymore. So that was my dream. And then just the other day I had a dream she was almost looked like she, like somebody had put Vaseline all over a camera. Like she was kind of obscure and hard to see. And she was talking to me, but I couldn't hear her. I could just see her mouth moving. And I just was, my big thing was I was asking her, hey, do you know that I have a daughter? And she's, she's named after you. <laughs> yeah, she's named Katie after you. Do you know this? And she, uh, she was sort of like making a head gesture like, yes, I do know. So, yeah, wow. so that, yeah. Thanks, Josh. I think <laughs> I think only... I had that dream because you put it in my head if... <laughs> like, to have a dream about her. If but... only I was so good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Like, like people want that, right? And the people like sort of long to have those moments where they can, can have that. And that's why we ask those yeah. questions. Amazing. You actually got triggered to have a dream because of it. So that's, yeah. it's beautiful. How? Yeah, no, how... it was great. And then actually she said yes. And then I remember hugging her and she, her her skin was very delicate she had like very thin you know pale redhead Irish skin <laughs> and I just and it was a little I also got her poor circulation so she was like slightly kind of cold and delicate but it's like so weird I my body remembered her the feeling of her skin and her hug and her like body temperature you know like in in that dream and that that's sort of a rare occurrence for me I don't think that's typical for my dreams but it was also nice it was it kind of was a nice uh, conclusion to that dream 
Like, you know, sometimes dreams can get cut off. But yeah, it was just like very brief and um, but very profound. Mary Diaz was one of my favorite people to interview. And uh, for a few reasons, uh, number one, her voice. She has an amazing voice. And uh, just in general, her positive, strong message. So she shares a dream sequence from episode 25. Check it out. Sometimes I just smell a cigar and I say, Dad, I know you're here. What do you want to tell me? I remember shortly after he died, like one of my nephews graduated from pharmacy school. A lot of big things happened in the family. And I remember feeling bad that my father wasn't there to experience it. One being my defense, you know, and the fact that he could finally call me a doctor. And he came to me and again, I think it was a visitation. And he said, Mary, I know you feel really bad Um, that I'm not able to experience all the things that's going on in the family, but I can. He said, because what it's like for me is it's like I'm, I'm a star and I'm looking down into the earth, but the earth is, it's like a glass ball. I can see right through it. So even though it looks like a globe, you know, and I can see the continents and whatever, if I really look and squint, I can look all the way down right into watching you defend, watching you at my funeral, watching your cousin, your nephew getting his pharmacy degree. I can see it all. I'm not missing anything. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I just have to kind of summon him and he shows up. (laughs) That's so interesting. And so why is he in a trench coat? Is that something he used to wear a lot? I don't know. I know why he's got a custard pie, but I don't know about the trench coat. Yeah, I, I have to ask him next time. <laughs> what? What's with the pie? Can well, I have some? Italians, <laughs> obviously, food is love, and you never visit anyone without bringing pastry, and you never, ha- and no one can ever stop by your house unexpectedly, and you not having anything for them. But it's got to be like a pastry. And for some reason, I don't know whether because it was inexpensive or it was someone's favorite, but all we ever had, we were always bringing custard pie to people's houses. And when they came to visit us, we always had a custard pie for them. So it's a sign of welcome, of congeniality, of all of those things. And he's always got a custard pie in his hand. Next, we have Tanya, Joy, Antonio, who is a very gifted writer that we had on the podcast on episode 28. What I noticed was when when I first started having dreams, a lot of them were more or less of me finding him. Like a few were very weird. I, he would wash up on shore and I would find him like coughing and I'm like, oh, you're still, you're alive. Like I'd be running and saying, I found him, he's alive. Or I would see him drive by. So a lot in the beginning was me wishful thinking that he was still alive. And then the ones, they, they stopped for a while and then I would have a dream that I would say, okay, this wasn't a dream, this was a visit because I really truly think there's a difference. And so I recall this one day, um, him walking out the side door of the house and the sky was the most blue it could ever be. The grass was the greenest it could ever be. And he just walked up to me, made eye contact and gave me a smile. And the smile he gave me, his skin was flawless. Everything was just dreamy. You know what I mean? It was like such a perfect 
seen and it was just a comforting smile and I almost feel like that was him saying I'm okay I'm here and so that one was a really comforting dream for me another one I was in the shower and um, all of a sudden I opened the door because I heard something and my father looked at me and said I have something to tell you and then my my ears started filling up with water and I couldn't see what he was saying so that one always kind of stayed with me and I always wondered and asked for a message like how can I find out exactly what it is he wants to say and just him showing up and the ones where he's very looks happy and the and it's very heaven-like I feel like those are the ones where he's visiting me one time I was like flying in my dream with him (laughs) it was pretty cool Thank you, Tanya, for sharing that. Now we have Rachel Gebler Greenberg from episode 39. Have you had any dreams of Glenn since that one? I've had two more. Um, They both were profound. The second was interesting. I was looking for a new place to live, and I sensed and in the dream I saw the place I now am living and um, but that wasn't really the but the meaningful part so I was looking for the place to live and while I was in this house looking at someone came from the other side meaning like the the angel you know the other side of where people deceased someone deceased came to me and said Glenn flew with someone Flirted with some lady on the other side. I got really jealous, and I stood there like the Tasmanian devil, and had a look at him. And I jumped up and down, having a like, a, like I was really upset and really mad. And then all of a sudden, this is really strange. But I don't know how this happened at the same time. Glenn appeared, and he was larger than the house. In other words, he. Imagine this giant covering up the whole house, and he put his arms and hugged the house. And at the same time, he was the size of an regular human, and he was in the room, standing behind me, putting his arms around me. And the feeling that I got was such love and warmth. I can't even describe it because I've never felt that in my waking state and he also looked younger I would say maybe age 25 and of course I didn't know him at that age because we met later in life but I'd seen pictures and this sounds silly you guys but he was glowing and he was like all lit up and he was so happy and he told me that it made him so happy that I was jealous (laughs) <laughs> because he was always he was always doing the chasing. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So he was so happy. Into our yes, he told me he was so happy that I was jealous, and he was kind of like laughing. He was like humored with the fact that I was having like a little temper tantrum. Wow. So you were upset. Someone from the other yeah. side kind of told you, "Hey, guess what? Glenn's flirting." You were upset, and then he and then he came and comforted you. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's yes. Very and then also told me he was 
it made me feel good that I was jealous and that he said he just loves me and that he loves me forever and he's waiting for me. He might have set that up. Now, I can see Glenn doing that. something like that. <laughs> From what I've learned about Glenn, Glenn's like, listen, let's 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 play around over here. Interesting. And then he comforted and he was like the size of that. I like the, I like that image because he was like the size of the house. And if I could, you know, <laughs> briefly interpret your dream, <laughs> he yeah. he is bigger than that. He's bigger than the the act of flirting. He's you know he's kind of you know he's kind of saying that that there's more meaning there. Yes, yes, and the feeling that came with it. I I was actually experiencing physical feelings in my in my dream. Or maybe feelings aren't physical. I, I don't know. But you felt something, which beautiful. is interesting. Yeah. I felt something very beautiful and warm and loving and explosive in a, in a, a, like a love bomb. Now we have our Australian friend, Steve Morrison, who appeared on the podcast on episode 49. It was a really fun episode to do. Really amazing, really amazing guy. And I uh, hope you enjoy his dream sequence. So powerful and so healing and, and, and amazing. And, and that's the beauty of our dreams when, when they come. You know, I, I had a horrible scenario where I, you know, we're talking nearly 20 years ago now, one of my youth leaders, we had, we're in a meeting and we left. I went straight ahead. She turned right and she crashed just down the road. And the next two days later, we I was there when the family had to turn off the, uh, you know, her machine, and, and she died. She was only 18 years of age, and so I was there as friend and as minister. And I remember, and I, I redreamt that scenario, the, the hospital bedroom, with such clarity. And even now, when I talk to you, I'm straight back there. I could tell you the person, the people that were there, what they looked like, the machines, the room, the detail even now nearly 20 years later is amazing. And I know for me in those first days and weeks, I was in turmoil over it. But I continually, like night after night, re-dreamt this. And I don't know why, but eventually over a period of time, it was a positive dream. It was, it started off as just simply loss, but then it ended up with I was able to be there. What a privilege to be able to be there. I was able to help the family. I drove the parents home to their house because they couldn't have done it themselves. I was able to conduct the funeral. I've been able to love on the family for 20 years later. I still meet with them. Wow, and the dream actually, while the details of the dream didn't change, the sentiment and the feeling that was attached to it completely changed over a period of only days. And I think it really helped me come through that time. Wow. That's very interesting. I like how you were saying how the meaning changed from the dream. Yeah, not the details. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? But, but my understanding of it is like, I put it down to, for whatever reason that I continually had this repetitive dream, I put it down to, I had to process it in a way that I'd be okay. And maybe, just maybe, I wasn't in a... I don't know how to put the word in here, Josh, you could probably help me, but it's like, I wonder whether I was in a place emotionally to be able to do it when I was awake. Mm. I wonder if I was in too much pain, too much turmoil. 
you know, too much grief to be able to process what I needed to process awake. And night after night, I processed it asleep. Wow. Yeah, that's one of the theories on, on why people have these recurring negative dreams of the deceased after uh, they pass. Because maybe you're avoiding it or you just, you just need a different yeah. like mindset. And when you're sleeping, you're totally in a different mindset and your boundaries on what, what's real and, and what you're allow, you allow yourself to do is totally different uh, than in waking life when we restrict our behavior so easily. Next up is from episode 50. That was Anna Seawall that we had on. And um, again, you know, a really, I wasn't taking part in that interview, but listening to it, uh, it was amazing. Uh, it was Jade and Joshua and Anna. And yeah, I had a great time and really enjoyed that one. So without further ado, here's Anna. You've had multiple losses throughout your life. Have you ever dreamt of anyone who has passed away? Yes, I, I often see my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, who was a big influence on me. You know, she was she was really great support, and you know, I've talked about her. I, I see her, and it's always positive and happy. She's like combing her long hair or giving me some wise advice or something like that. The last time before I went to Armenia, I saw her in my dream. This was the first time I go. I was going and she was not there. So I didn't again go. Unfortunately, this is the true, true sad story of my life. The people who have passed away from my life, my grandparents, my uncle, my everybody, I never said goodbye to them. I never, except my maternal grandmother, sorry. Um, but the rest of the people, I never saw them. I was in America, they were there. So going back was hard for me too because the people who made my country, who I identified my home country with, are gone, like my grandmother. But before I went to Armenia, I saw this beautiful dream. She was making peach preserves in the little kitchen and she's like, taste it, it's sweet. Anna, taste it, it's really lovely. And she was like making this happy thing. And wow, it was very special, very, very warm. And of course, those dreams, as you know, um, last with you for a long time. Those, the dreams of deceased, not all the dreams stay with you, right? But those are like the feeling stays with you. So, And uh, in terms of my mom, I don't see my mom in my dream. But what I see is this, when I see a dream, it sort of feels like my mom is there, but she's not. But like the perceived notion is that she's part of this dream but physically I don't see her it, it could be also the whole given the whole story history of my loss but I do remember having those kind of dreams like I'm in a room and they're talking about my mom that my mom is present but where is she what the heck is she like but I know she's there so that's the dream I have of my mom Lastly, we have Shelby Forsythia, and she appears on episode 52. I, I say this a lot, but yeah, I, it was another enjoyable one to listen to. Have you had a dream of uh, your mom since she's passed? Yes, and she actually shows up all the time, which is kind of, kind of weird and annoying and kind of cool. It kind of just depends on how she manifests. Um, and I think it's because I think about her so much in waking life. Like, I, 
There's not a single day that goes by that I don't think about something she would love to see, or I find a penny, or I hear a bird, or a song, or I write about her, or somebody else in my life, like my sister or my aunts will text me something about her. So she's just very present. My mom is very top of mind for me all the time, and I even keep a picture of her, like when she was my age, at my podcasting desk. So right before I go to record, I'm always like channeling her spirit and like, what are we going to say to them today? So I posted in your Facebook group, Josh, about one of the first dreams I had about my mom, including uh, her favorite flower and something I love to do as a kid. And that's the very first dream that I had of her after she died. And I don't remember, I don't remember when I had this dream. It was definitely within the first six months of her dying, though. And I remember being in the dream and I was in my home. Uh, where we lived in North Carolina. It was not at my, at my home in Chicago. I was definitely in North Carolina with her. And, um, and there were all these people coming through the front door, like all of our friends and family were arriving. We were throwing some kind of party. And I looked down uh, on the dining room table and there's this huge uh, vase full of daffodils. And these are my mom's favorite flower. There used to be this yard right around the corner from us um, that would have these daffodils pop up every like March or April. And she would just be like, oh my gosh, spring is here. And she just loved those renewing symbols of things coming back to life. It was very, I think it was also a Christian symbol for her. They were so joyful and cheerful. She loved anything in the daffodil family. And there was this huge bouquet of daffodils in the center of the table. And I was like, oh my God, those are your favorite flowers. So appropriate, they're here. And I remember um, walking through the kitchen and entering the living room. And my mom was asleep on the couch. And I was so just like touched by this picture. And somehow in the dream, I shrank down to being the size of my childhood self. So I was maybe like four, five, six. And what me and my sister like to do with my mom, especially in the afternoons when we'd get home from kindergarten or whatever, is like curl up right behind her on the couch and take a nap with her. And that's exactly what I did in the dream. I shrank down to my childhood self and I like crawled right behind her. I knew there was a party happening in the other room and all our friends and family were coming, but I just like curled up right behind her and we both went to sleep. And that was the very first experience I had of her in a dream and I was like oh I can still do this if I want to I can still go back to this like energetic place if I want to but she was just so present in that dream she didn't even say anything and it was very very powerful I woke up and I was like oh she's still here you know because there's so many days when you feel so distant from the people that you've lost that it seems impossible to ever feel their presence in your life again and then you have dreams like that and it really just changes your world well that's the end yeah for this time you know more podcasts we continue to do gives us more in the bucket that we can collect and uh, do more dream episodes dreamcast episodes i really enjoyed doing this and i know josh enjoyed the process as well and uh you know the results and, and at the end of the day it's, it's just magical and, and look these dreams that come to us and that people share with one another um, they're intimate things and uh you know Thanks to all the people that contributed, you know, all of our uh, amazing guests that we've had the honor of having, and also you know their loved ones. You know, we honor their memory and really appreciate allowing us to kind of hear those. And you know, man, the guests did an amazing job, and they each told their dream stories in different ways and very unique ways. So yeah, I really enjoyed uh, each and every one of them, and going to end it with definitely check out griefdreams.ca uh, check out our facebook group check us out on itunes uh, search under podcasts and yeah so we'll just end it with love and gratitude from us to you
pronunciation in English. And questions? I have introduced myself. You have introduced yourself. This is a very good conversation.